This weekend, many Jewish people around the world will have the chance to say the special Yizker prayers for their dearly departed, and Rabbi Avraham Plotkin of Thornhill, Ontario, will be reciting them too. Four years ago this month, in April 2018, the Plotkin family lost their teenage son, Zalmi. He was just shy of his 15th birthday. He was a special needs child with Down syndrome. At the time, Rabbi Plotkin was in the middle of writing a novel about the Jewish process of bereavement and how to cope in the months and years after a shiva is over. He says the advice in his own book actually ended up helping him move forward too. His book is called Seven Conversations with Jerry, and it tackles some of the big questions which people from his congregation have asked him over the years about death, like, am I allowed to talk to the dead when I visit their graves? And what if we're mad at the person who died and we don't want to say Kaddish for them? And the big one, where do the souls actually go? You don't necessarily need to be at the cemetery or in the house or in a physical place. You can find a loved one wherever you are, because there's a portal of the heart, and that portal is is the deepest one. I'm Ellen Basner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Thursday, April the 21st, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Losing a loved one was hard enough before the pandemic started. Then in the past two years, the COVID lockdowns and health restrictions at hospitals and nursing homes made the process much, much harder, including for Jewish families who couldn't gather for regular in-person funerals or shivas to grieve their loved ones. But Rabbi Avraham Plotkin of the Chabad Lubavitch of Markham says his book can help mourners find spiritual healing, despite the physical barriers which COVID brought about. Coming up, the rabbi will be here to explain how. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. I'm Gilly Cohen in Vancouver, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like. Have you heard about the pair of leggings that somebody saw on sale in a California thrift store that have images from the Schindler's List movie printed on the fabric? Well, news of the existence of this piece of clothing went viral this week on social media after somebody posted a picture of it. And the existence of the leggings has drawn condemnation from many groups, including here in Canada, from the head of the Abraham Global Peace Initiative, Avi Ben Lolo. He describes the clothing that uses Holocaust imagery as outrageous, and he wants the website that sells it to take them down. Redbubble.com also sells T-shirts and cell phone cases and posters with the same images as was on the leggings. It's actually the poster from the Hollywood movie about Oscar Schindler, who saved hundreds of Jews from the Nazis. It shows the little girl in the red dress, it shows Auschwitz, and shows some of the actors. Ben Lolo tweeted that these clothes are a form of Holocaust distortion and denial because they mock the murder of six million Jews in the Holocaust. And Rabbi Plotkin joins me now from Thornhill. Speaking personally here, not as the hard-headed journalist, I found this book so meaningful because I lost my father a few years ago and I saw myself in that whole book and the journey and it helped me a lot when I was reading it so thank you very very much yeah I'm so honored to be able to have helped you out a little bit in your in your journey and uh, you know it's it's been actually this book came out at a very very ironically in a very important time in the history of the world where many people are, are, are going through these, these life and death challenges. Let's speak about that. I wanted to ask you about how in COVID had, uh, one rabbi said, robbed 
Jewish people of the uh, mourning rituals and the comfort and the, their spiritual journey that they usually go on in grieving and before that even in the hospital or when the person is sick with social distancing. How did you experience that with your congregation and people who were reaching out to you? You know, I, th I think that Judaism has two parts to the uh, mourning or the, the bereavement experience. One is the physical side, which is, you know, to be near a person that dies and to hold their hand and to be with them and to, and to be there for the burial and to hear the thud of the earth. And that, that's the real physical uh, connection that you make to someone that you lose a loved one, which is very important in Judaism, as we see, and to sit Shiva. But I, I believe that there is an, another equally important side to it, and that is the spiritual side, and that we believe that a person is not just a body, but mostly a soul. And, and so to reconnect with the soul, and that's a lot what my book speaks about. And uh, that part, I believe that, that it makes, you know, there, there are no physical restrictions. COVID doesn't you know, doesn't keep that connection away. You could be the other side of the world. Souls, souls work in a different reality. Well, Rabbi, let's unpack that a little bit. In your book, you talked about how that you can find portals to people who have passed by wearing their clothes or being in their home and absorbing some of their um, DNA or their spirit. You know, how, how does that work if they can't actually go to the parents' house or they live far away or they're on Zoom. Right, right. If, if you recall in the book, I write about the different portals of how we can reconnect. And you mentioned to them, them briefly about different, uh, you know, to go to the cemetery, uh, which I believe can be done a lot today also. Uh, that the cemetery is a very powerful uh, portal to the soul. Uh, there are other portals in this world that we can, we can connect to them. Like you mentioned, the, the writings, the, the, the house that they lived in, the, their clothing, their shoes. Again, the most powerful portal is beyond time and space, and it's, it's soul to soul. And, I mean, the, the main question that people probably get when they go through the process of losing is someone is, where are they, and, and what am I supposed to be doing now to hold on to them? There's, there's the two uh, you know, funerals, really. The one is, is at the, uh, the cemetery where you say goodbye to the body, and that's called Lavaya, where you escort the body. But then there's a custom at the end of the Shiva that the family takes a walk around the block on the last day of the Shiva, and that is to escort the soul. Because we believe this, the soul stays on a little bit, and it starts, it starts its journey, starts its trek. So I always tell the, the, the family when, they, when they're going outside and they're taking the walk to have in mind that they're, they're, saying, they're saying goodbye to the soul. But... The soul is in a spiritual world, so the soul is, is always, always near. And, and uh, in many ways, you know, like uh, everyone has a different way that they can feel close to the soul. And uh, like I said, there are many portals and many ways to reconnect. But um, I know like in my own case, I lost my son. Uh, so we, uh, we donated a Torah to the shul in his honor. A little Torah, you know, like a little boy. And, uh, you know, so... And I read the Torah every 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 other day in the shul. I'm the Torah reader, so uh, you know when I take out the Torah and I hold the Torah in my hand, like I feel my son, and I'm able to like you know sort of virtually connect. You know there are many many different ways of many different people. You know by 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 creating a living legacy in this world. Some people might donate a classroom or or a building or a, or something even small, uh, something that that's meaningful.
and and then you reconnect to this because we, we believe like i said the soul continues to live on it's it's in a place of truth a place of closeness and and um, one of the big points in my book is is that soul even many people that believe in a soul but they believe the soul sort of dissipates in, in, in the sky and disappears the jewish belief is that the soul maintains their personality and their memories and that's very important and their relationships so the the, the soul it, it doesn't just dissipate become back part of god but it, it's it has a, a history it has it has a personality uh that remains in the afterlife and that's very important. That's very important for, for, for those of us to know that, that, there, that there is some sort of like that they think about us. And that's why in the Jewish tradition, you have something like Yisker. You go to shul and our belief is that the soul also comes to the shul and, and we, we connect. We connect that way. In Judaism, there are many, many times that we sort of remember the soul and light a candle for them. It's because we believe they think about us. That's what the word Yisker, remember. We remember them and they remember us. Your book, tackles a, a topic which a lot of families have and that is broigus with parents and that gets unresolved when the parents die right mm -hmm. so how do you advise people when they have this fraught relationship because the son or the daughter or the the, the, the mourners don't approve of the person who died's um deeds or actions how do we how do we reconcile that it's, it's always a very sensitive issue, and ever since I wrote the book, I've, I've, a lot of people are reaching out to me. They had parents, uh, relatives, who maybe were not, were not even were not, not such good people, and maybe they were even abusive to them. So you know, the, the, it gets it gets very very sensitive, very complicated. And um, my book tries to deal a little bit with that, and that is the power of forgiveness, and that uh, you know, it's our belief that. People are essentially good, and that the soul, every soul is essentially good deep down. And uh, some people get go astray in the life and they make silly mistakes. And but that that's externals to the soul itself. And we believe that when the soul goes up to the world of truth, the soul regrets terribly what it has done in this world, perhaps, and and it, it it, it goes through, like I said, it's a process of, of, of being taught by God again what, what is the right thing. And, and so we believe that the soul eventually is, has true remorse for everything, anybody they may have hurt in this lifetime. And we also believe that the living need to forgive too, because you, you can't go around. It's unhealthy to carry baggage your whole life. You know, the first thing on on, on, on uh, Yom Kippur, as we say, Kol Nidre. So to me, I always explain my congregation, Kol Nidre is, is to annul the vows. The vow, well, vows we're talking about. If you want vows, we make promises. We won't speak to this one again and that one again, this one again. We have to annul, we have to, we have to let go. It's very, very important. It's hard, but it's very important that people should not walk around with, with like you said, the broiduses forever, ever, and ever, even if it's for a good reason for our whole life. So that's... That's what it is. And, and, and I, I encourage a lot of times my congregants actually to go to, a, to, the, to the cemetery, to, to a loved one that maybe they weren't enough, to, to try to like make up. And I speak a lot about in the book about, you know, uh, you know uh, speaking, trying to reconcile. Posthum in Judaism, there is a concept of, 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 of posthumous reconciliation with the soul. 
I believe it's it's a process that that people that have the brogus should should work on slowly but surely. In your book, it took time. It took a lot of time. It wasn't an instantaneous forgiveness, it, as you said, um, and eventually it, it helped. And then, of course, the synagogue got built, uh, got renovated. Give me uh, away my whole story. What are you yeah. doing? <laughs> Is it a true story or yeah. with these opposite characters? Well, I would say every part of this of the book is a real story, uh, but I, I I I brought together many many uh, uh, you know uh, real stories in, into one fiction book. So the book itself is it's not a real story, but it, it, it these are all parts. These are all people that I have I have uh, I have encountered, and I brought them into into just a few characters in the book. So Your book talks a bit about the the struggle that the soul of the departed has as it goes up to heaven. Why do they struggle? Why do you think somebody who was a good person has to go through this struggle and that's painful for them? And what can we do to help them? Every soul has a unique journey. Like, you know, whether it's, you know, you could be a big, a big uh, doctor or you could be a, a simple Down syndrome child. We come down to this world with a mission, but in the course of life, we all make mistakes. Even the best person makes a mistake. We were all, we're all get involved in things which are not, which are imperfect. It, it is an imperfect world. Our job is to make the world a little better. So even if you say someone is pious, someone's great, someone's perfect, they still need, the soul needs to be returned back to its state of, of its, its, its conscious state of closeness to God. And so it goes through a state of what I would call uh, cleansing. Not, not, you know, people call it hell. But but I don't like that because hell conjures kinds of Christian ideas of of like of like people with horns and the, in a, in a big in a big trolling pot you know turning you over till you're a crisp. It's not that. It's in that first year, and that's the Jewish tradition. The first year is 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 a period of 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 uh, cleansing, of correction, of 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 returning back to its pristine state. So which which that um, everyone can help the soul. Anyone that's been helped by that soul can help the soul in the journey. But most important, children or people that are closest have the ability to give uh, uh, dividends and residual benefit to the to the to the soul of the departed. So, if and how do they do that? But just by saying Kaddish, or are there other ways? It's not, no, you know, Kaddish is, is, is I think is overplayed a little bit. Kaddish is very important. But that's not the only thing. It's by being a good person, by following in those good qualities that the parent had, by by dedicating oneself to their community, to their Yiddishkeit, to their to their to their family, uh, by by doing mitzvahs, especially those mitzvahs that were cherished by a parent, and then you're creating a snowball effect of those good deeds that the parent that the parent uh, started, and that that comes back to the parent that helps them out in, in their in their in their journey. Uh, you know, in, in the Kabbalah, it speaks about that every good deed that we do, it creates positive energy, positive angels. And so those angels sort of escort us as we go up to heaven. But the, the good deeds of children, they too create positive energy that's a benefit for the soul in the heavens. If you want to order the book, Seven Conversations with Jerry, the link is in our show notes. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. 
Today's listener shout-out goes to Oria Lisak. She's executive director at Congregation Dorche Emmet in Montreal. And we'll end the episode and the week with this sneak peek at an upcoming show. It's about why Israel is building a new museum in Latrun to honor Jewish soldiers who fought in the Second World War. More than 35,000 Jewish people from Eretz Israel, from Palestine, joined the war and fought over the sea. And uh, in Israel, we insist that uh, the only thing that you have to talk is about the Palmach and the Haganah, later on the Etzel and the Lehi, and that's it. Who's talking about those who joined to fight with the British? (laughs) 